Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, we just praise you in this moment. We praise you for who you are. God, as we sing that last song, we are reminded that 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 rhetorical question that goes over and over again in that song, who is like the Lord? The answer is there's no one. There's no one on heaven, in heaven above. There's no one on the earth. There is no one below. There is no one anywhere that compares with you and who you are. And so, Lord, this day, we bow our hearts before you. We come on bended knee into the presence of King Jesus. And we say thank you. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you and of being able to serve you. Thank you, God, for the incredible privilege that you not only call us servants, but you call us sons of the house. God, there's a powerful analogy. It's who who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. and ask for a cup of water? A servant doesn't dare, but a son would. And the king won't be mad. The king lovingly welcomes that son into his room. He lovingly grants that son his request. And God, what a powerful picture for us today. I know that every person comes in here and they're in a different situation. Some people come in here with heavy hearts this morning because of situations that are going on in their lives. For some of us, we come and we're excited. Today's a happy day. It's a joyous day. Today, we're just excited for what you're doing. The whole spectrum is covered. And yet we all get to live in the reality that you are our king, that you invite us in, that you call us sons, and that you love us. And so, God, we just thank you and praise you for the honor of serving you. I pray now that as we open your word, that you would speak to our hearts, grant revelation so that we might understand what it is you would be saying to us so that we could go from this place and forever live differently, be differently because of your word that will change us and transform us. That's our prayer. Lord, bless churches all over uh, America, all over the world that are preaching and teaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. God, we pray for our military men and women that stand on the wall that protect our freedoms so we can gather here today. And Lord, last but not least, we pray for this community. We pray for Mount Olive and Calypso and Dudley and Faison and Marmac. God, that we would see revival in this area, that we would see your Holy Spirit turn hearts and lives and minds back to you and that we would get to be a part of that. God, I pray all these things in Jesus' precious name and everyone said, Amen. Amen. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Nicole, thank you for playing. I sound so much better when you're playing behind me. (laughs) Hey guys, welcome. So excited that you are here today. As you can tell, today's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Before I get into what today's going to look like, let me tell you what God did last week. Sunday. I I could not be more excited to share with you. Last Sunday, uh, we're in this sermon series called Restoring Values. Last Sunday, the, the value that we talked about was hope. 
and how in Christ there is hope. We might have hope in other things, but it is temporary. It is not hope that lasts. Hope that lasts, eternal hope is found only in Christ. And so I had the, the red tubs up here and on one in Adam and on the other in Christ. And you guys know I stepped in Christ one time and then almost lost it, about fail. And so we're not doing any object lessons today. But I'm telling you, God's spirit met us in this place last week. God did an amazing thing. At the end of the service, I said, if you want to take that step today, if, if today's your very first time and, and you want to step and you want, don't want to be in Adam anymore, but you want to be in Christ, would you just raise your hand? And we had, just get ready to clap, get ready to praise God. We saw 10 people give their heart to Jesus last week. Absolutely incredible. I don't know. I don't know that we've ever seen that many people in one day. I'll just give you a comparison. On Easter Sunday, there were six people that gave their heart to Christ. And so last Sunday was one of those special days. It's one of those days that we will mark down and remember for a long, long time to come. And so I want to tell you, if you were one of those 10 who gave your heart to Christ last Sunday, I'd like for you to do me a favor on that connect card that you have today. Last Sunday, we took up the offering earlier than usual, and so it wasn't available to you. But if you gave your heart to Christ last Sunday, if you would do me a favor, check that off on that connect card that you received Christ. All I'm going to do is I'm just going to text you. I want to be a resource for you. I want to help you if I can going down that road. And then there is a book. The other reason why we'd like to know is there is a book that is available for you. It is at guest services. I meant to grab a copy of it on my way and I actually forgot it, but that's okay. It's a little red book and it, it's going to help you uh, as you begin that walk with Christ. It's going to help you as you take those first steps in the faith. And so if you're one of the 10 that did that last week, I want to encourage you, uh, go by the guest services desk. Those are completely free. There's no charge. Hey, maybe you didn't give your heart to Christ last Sunday, but it's been recently. Go grab one of those books. Maybe you know someone who's on the verge of giving their heart to Christ. Go grab one of those books. We want to give that to you completely free. There's no charge. We just want to put those tools in your hand because we really feel like It'll make a difference, and it'll help you, all right? So today, we are wrapping up this sermon series on restoring values, and today we are at the culmination of that. The reason why this service looks so different than normal is because we are finishing this up with what we call Offering Fit for a King. And so uh, I'll give you more instructions on what that's going to look like here in just a few minutes. But we're going to finish up today with, with what we call offering fit for a king. We do this one time a year. I can't stress that enough. I met some people this morning, a first-time guest and a second-time guest. And here's the truth. So uh, this sweet lady stopped me last week and she said, Pastor Andrew, I've been loving the sermon series, but I can tell you've been a little bit nervous She's right. I have. I've, there, there's been a little bit of anxiety in me because of what I just told you, that, that I recognize there are some first and second time guests. And, and so unfortunately, there are some pastors and there are some ministries that all they talk about is money. All they talk about is money. And so 
for those first-time guests, you come, and we're talking about generosity, we're talking about giving, we're talking about finances, and it would be easy to put us into that category, and I don't want you to think that's where we live. Please, come back next week, come back next month, whenever you want to, and you'll see that that's not who we are. And so for that reason, I have felt a little bit of anxiety but I'll tell you, I wish, I, I just so wish that somehow we could get all the regular attenders, all the, the, the owners to a gathering on like Wednesday night or Sunday night. I don't care when it is, just whenever. And we could get us all together and we could talk about general. I would talk, I, I would preach this subject so bold. I, I would preach it so boldly because I believe in it. I, I really do. Like, at the core of who I am. I, I, I've been at this church now for 20 years, 20 years, um, and not on staff, but on, on eight years on staff. Way before I was ever on staff, I was coming to this church and we were doing Offering Fit for a King. It's something that's been a, 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 just a staple in our church. I learned the benefits of being generous Way back then, I, I learned the importance of, of this, of generosity way back then. So it's not Pastor Andrews trying to get something from you. It is, I really believe what it is we're saying. And I really believe that if you'll get in on it, God will bless your finances as well. It, it, it's just the Bible is scripture. It's what he tells us. And so actually, it's not just me that believes that. I shared with you in the first sermon in this series when we talked about miracles. Last year, after offering Fit for a King, two miracle stories came in. Two people who just said, Pastor Andrew, i got to tell you. And, and just amazing stories. And so I want to encourage you, uh, if you have a story, I'd love to hear it. If in the days and weeks and months to come you have a story, I would love to hear it. Um, but I, for, So for me... The thing I want to do as, as we wrap up, as we do Offering Fit for a King, is I don't just want to talk about generosity. I, I really do want to lead the way. And so I'll just tell you that for me and my family, we're, we're going to participate in this. We, we've prayed, and Nicole and I came together, and we're giving an amount that is going to pinch a little bit. So it's going to pinch more than a little bit, actually. But that's who we are every month. That's what we do every month. We, every month that comes, we give not only a tithe, but we also give an offering. I hesitate to even share that with you because I don't want the attention to be on me. Please know that. The, the reason why I share that with you is because I know that a tree bears fruit of its own kind. A, a tree bears fruit of its own kind. So for instance, an apple tree. An apple tree produces apples. We know that in the natural. You know you plant an apple seed. The apple seed's in the apple. You plant the apple seed. What do you get? Thank you, Jacob. Everybody, you thought that was a trick question, didn't you? You don't get a pear tree. You don't get corn. You get an apple tree. And so for me, one of, one of the missions I have always had as the leader and pastor of this house is I want to be generous. I want to lead the way in generosity. I want our church to be known for generosity. That's why we give away those books. That's why if you come to Christ and want to start a relationship with him, you don't have to pay for a book. We want to put that in your hands. We want to help you grow. Hey, I'll tell you another thing. A couple months ago, uh, North Duplin High School called. They were doing a, a baccalaureate service. 
Last uh, fall, University of Mount Olive said, hey, we want to do a Fields of Faith for FCA. Can we use your sound system and can your band come? Absolutely. Okay, how much will it cost? Completely free. We don't, we're not going to charge because we want to be generous. And my hope is that God has called me to be generous as the leader of this house. God has called us to be generous. And my hope is that that will wear off on each and every one of us because here's the truth. In a world that in increasingly is all about gimme, 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 I got to hold on to what I got. When we as believers are generous, when, when we're generous with the things that we have, when we're generous with our time and our, our, our money, when we're generous to others, it creates a platform for us to be able to talk about Jesus. Let me say one more thing, and then I'm going to dive into the sermon. So uh, I actually had, I'm, this had not even been a thought for me. I hadn't, it hadn't even occurred to me that there might be some people here that would think that this is not for me. <laughs> And so last week, I had the opportunity to talk to a college student, and she told me, she said, Pastor Andrew, this sermon series has been good. I'm really looking forward to difficult people. I was like, cool, yeah, that's the next sermon series. We're going into that next week. I was like, yeah, man, me too. And then she kept going. She said, I'm looking forward to difficult people because, you know, this sermon series is really getting for me. Um, wait, what? <laughs> You're going to have to explain that one to me. She said, this one isn't for me. Pastor Andrew, I've only got like $13 in my checking account. Hey, buy you two Starbucks drinks. I've got $13. I'm a college student. My car is held together with bumper stickers. I ain't got no money. This sermon series is not for me. Let me tell you something. High school students, college students, uh, young adults who are just getting started, it, it is. It, it absolutely, it is for all of us. God's Word teaches that if we will be faithful in the small things, that God will bless us with greater things. If we will be obedient with what's in our hand, then what happens? God entrusts us with more. And so this is for everybody. Do you guys remember in Scripture, it's, it's in Luke 21, it's in Mark as well. There's a story that Jesus tells. Uh, it's the parable of the widow with two mites. You guys remember that one? No? Okay, let me tell it. <laughs> so Jesus and his disciples are hanging out by the offering plate. They're at the temple by the treasury. Kind of an odd place to just post up shop, but that's where they are. And so these people are coming in and they're putting in different amounts. They're just going by, throwing in the money. And then Jesus and his disciples, they're standing there watching, and this widow comes in, and she gives two mites, two copper pennies, two measly mites. That's it. That's all, That's all she had. That's all she gave. And Jesus looks at his disciples, and he says, I tell you the truth, this woman, this woman has given more today than all the rest. The disciples are like, Jesus, are you kidding me? I saw one guy, he had a $100 bill. And then there was this other guy, and he gave more. And Jesus, she hasn't given the most. And Jesus corrected them. He said, yes, she has. Because for the rest of them, they gave out of their abundance. But for this lady, she gave out of her poverty. 
Those two mites, those two pennies, that was all that she had. And so today, listen, I don't know what you're going to give. I want you to know I never see amounts. I have no idea. That's between you and God and the bookkeeper at the church, but I don't know. It's not about how much you give today. For all of us, the question we're answering is what's our level of trust in Jesus? What, what's the level of sacrifice that we're willing to make? Because that is where true generosity is. The level of sacrifice, that's where true generosity is. So I heard this joke about generosity. Let me, let me kind of get a light note in here. Um, Pastor Ryan told me this he, from the Goldsboro campus. He said that there was this guy, and he was at the gym, and it was one of these gyms where you put all the cell phones in the center of the gym, and everybody works out. There's no selfies. There's none of that stuff. You're just all working out. So they start working out. All of a sudden, one of the phones rings, and, and this guy goes over and grabs it. Hello? It was his wife. He said, she, uh, excuse me. She said, hey, babe, uh, I, I'm here. Can you hear me? He said, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Go ahead. I'm at the gym. She said, okay. Listen, I'm at the fur shop. And today only, they have a 15% off deal. And so if I buy this coat today, get 15% off, it's only going to be $6,000. I can't afford to let this deal go by. He said, okay, I'll tell you what. Buy it. That's fine. Go ahead. Make the purchase. And so then she thought, well, that was easier than I thought it was going to be. So she said, well, well, one more thing, babe. Uh, I know you told me not to, but on the way over here, I actually stopped by the car lot, and I talked to the salesman, and he said that he could up that rebate that he told us about. And so that, that SUV that I was looking at, it would only be, today, today, it would only be $60,000. So the guy said, okay, that's fine. Just, just do it. All right, go for it. She said, man, that's going, this is going so good. I'm not just going to stop here. So she went for the jugular. She said, hey, babe, okay, one more thing, and I'll let you go work out. Listen, uh, you know how we've been talking about mom moving in with us? Well, I just thought, what if we gave it one month? What if we did a one-month trial, let my mom move in with us? W would you be okay with that? He said, that's fine. Listen, but don't ask me for anything else. That's it. We're not doing anything else. She said, okay, sweetie, you are the best. Thank you. I hope you have a great workout. I'll see you tonight when you get home. It was at that moment the guy hung up. He turned around and he said, does anybody know whose phone this is? <laughs> Man, I shouldn't have told you that was Ryan's joke. You guys laughed so good. Hear me, guys, that's a silly way to make a serious point. It's not real generosity if it doesn't cost us something. If there's no element of sacrifice in it, then it's not true generosity. I remembered something this week. We were talking about church culture. I was at a leadership conference years ago, and, and I wrote something down in my notebook. It says this, if you can't remember a time when a stated value costs you something, it's not a value. So if you say you have a value as a church and you can't remember a time where you had to sacrifice for that value, it's not really a value. 
Well, the same is true in our personal lives as well. If, if I say, for instance, a lot of uh, University of Mount Olive students are in here. If, if you were to say, you know what, I value my education. What's that going to cost you? It's going to cost you some time. You got to go to class. It's going to cost you some energy. You got to work on those papers. You got to get your stuff done. It's going to cost you some money or your parents some money. It's going to cost somebody some money. Tuition, book fees. I see several constants doing, yeah, a lot of money. If you value education at some point, it will cost you something. If you were to say here today, you know what? I really value being a Wolfpack fan. What's that going to cost you? Your happiness. You'll never be happy again. No, I, listen. Hey, listen. All you Wolfpack people, pull those tithe envelopes back out. I love you. Go Wolfpack. I was going to pick on the Tar Heels, and then they won yesterday, so I just had to leave them alone. Let me, let me get back serious for a minute. If you were to say, I value the kingdom of God, I, I value the kingdom of God and the local expression of the kingdom right here, the Bridge Church, it's going to cost you something. Today, obviously, we're, we're sacrificing financially. We're giving financially to the work that God's doing here. It's going to cost you time. If, if you value the kingdom of God, you're going to invest time coming to church. You're going to invest time reading your Bible. You're going to invest time in prayer. You're going to invest some time if it's truly a value. One more, if you value it, you're going to put your energy into it as well. Guys, let me just kind of pause right there and say, we've got a lot of volunteers who are incredible. We got a lot of people at this church who just give and give. And, and there are some volunteers that if there's a shortage, they'll step up. They'll meet the need. And so uh, it, it's my hope. It's, I hope you've never experienced this where you come up in the parking lot and there's not a parking lot person. Or, or you go to the coffee shop and there's no coffee brewed. You're never going to experience that. You go to the nursery and there's no one in the nursery. We don't want you to experience that. And so there's a lot of people who are going to make sure that that doesn't happen. But can I ask you something? If you're here today and you call the bridge home, would you do something for me? If you're not volunteering in any way, shape, or form right now, would you do it? Would, just right there on the back of that Connect card, write test drive, and then write the area you want to test. Here's what that's going to obligate you to, to come and watch it one Sunday. And then if you test drive and you're like, yes, this is the area for me, we'll get you on the schedule. It's once a month. If you say, no, that's not the area for me, we'll schedule you a test drive in a different area. But it takes a lot of people to pull off what we're doing here on a Sunday morning. It takes a lot of people. Is it worth it? Ten people last week would tell you absolutely. Ten people last week would tell you that my whole eternity changed because there were some volunteers that got here early and that stayed late and did what they were doing for Jesus Christ. And so today... I would love to see 10 people just write test drive on the back of your Connect card. Let's serve. Let's, if we say, let me just read this again. If you can't remember a time when a stated value cost you something, it's not a value. So let's just be honest. Is it a value or is it not? The Apostle Paul kind of chimes in on this in 2 Corinthians 8, 7. He's talking specifically about giving. He says this, but just as you excel in everything, he's talking to the church at Corinth, 
But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we inspired in you, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. Paul says, hey, listen, church at Corinth, you guys are good at so much. You excel in speech and in knowledge. You're so good in so many ways. But, but don't forget to excel in giving. Don't forget to give. <clears throat> and so my goal this morning is not to challenge you to be generous. I, I feel like Paul standing in front of the church of Corinth. You guys are so amazing in so many different ways. I mean, every, uh, every, we've never had to do any kind of fundraiser to be able to make budget. You guys are generous. Uh, you guys are generous not only to the church, but to each other. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a, uh, a family in the church who had a family member that passed away suddenly. Man, you guys kicked into gear. Very, just within a couple days, we had some child care worked out. We had some meals worked out. You blessed that family and loved on that family. You are generous. I'm not asking you to be generous. You are generous. We're going to have a demonstration of that a little bit later. Today, this message, is, the only thing I want to do is to show you that there are some benefits of being generous. And when you see them in your life, I just want you to be aware, hey, Pastor Andrew said this is happening because I'm generous. Pastor Andrew said this is happening because I am a giver. And so let's jump right into it. Number one, giving makes me more like Christ. When I'm a giver, when I give, Giving makes me more like Christ. James 1.17 says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Heavenly Father. Every good gift is from God. It comes down from above. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Read that next part with me. Who gives generously. Ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. God gives us so much. God, God is so generous to us, and, and so often we just take it for granted. The air in our lungs right now, the beating heart in our chest, this, uh, this room that has these comfortable chairs and this wonderful you know, electricity and uh, air conditioner and all these things, But more than all of that, God gave us his very best. God gave us his son, Jesus Christ. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved us so much that he gave and the truth is, we can give without loving. You might give something today and not love the bridge, not love God, not love. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And so again, giving makes me more like Christ. Number two, giving draws me closer to God. Giving draws me closer to God. I want that. 
I, I want to be close to God. Well, there's this principle that Scripture teaches that our, our money and our heart are tethered together. And so if you want your heart to go over here, all you have to do is put your money over here and your heart follows right behind. Give you an example. I've got a buddy. He scrimped and saved and squirreled money away for years. I think it was about six years. And after all that time, he had saved up $10,000. And a couple months ago, he went to South Carolina and bought him a bass boat. And it's nice. I mean, got the seats redone. That thing looks good. He is on that thing a lot. His money's there, so his heart's there. He's, he loves that boat. Give you an example from my life. When I was a teenager, my parents gave me a car, but they said, listen, that's it. The maintenance is on you. The insurance is on you. Gas, everything about this car is yours. Let me tell you something. I had that car looking so good. I kept that thing washed. I would wax it several times a year. It was burgundy. You didn't have to look in the mirror. If you just went up to the car, you could see yourself in it because that's how clean that car stayed. Kept it vacuum. My friends hated it. They'd get in. i say, hey, hey, kick off your feet. They'd be like, Andrew, it's pavement. Don't matter. It's pebbles and stuff. Kick off your feet. Love that car. Was it nice? No. It was a hunk of junk. It was about 12 years old, had almost 200,000 miles on it. When I got it, a little Ford Contour. Who knows what a Ford Contour is? Raise your hand right now. Let me tell you, the rest of you don't know. It is a four-door family car. I am a teenage guy. There ain't nothing cool about this car. But that was my baby. We would go, we'd go to the mall or go to Walmart or something. We'd have to hike in. I didn't want nobody dinging me up. Listen, guys, I think about a, a fly and a fly trap. You guys know what I'm talking about, the fly traps that hang down from the ceiling? There is something on those fly traps that, that smells good or tastes good. There's something on those fly traps that draws those flies to it. And the whole time that fly is getting near that fly trap, he's going, I got it, I got it, I got it. Lands on that fly trap, does his, does his thing. But then the time comes where he gets ready to leave that fly trap. And he realizes, oh no, oh no, oh no. It's got me, it's got me, it's got me. Church, I want to tell you, our money, our things are the same way. We think we've got them, but the truth is sometimes they've got us. Nothing wrong with having a nice boat. Nothing wrong with having a nice car. Not like a 12-year-old Ford Contour, but like a really nice car. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having money. But, but the trick is to not let money have you. And so remember, where my money is, there my heart is. And, and so I want to put my money next to God. I want to put my money close to God so that that is where my heart will be. Giving draws me closer to God. Number three, giving breaks the grip of materialism. It breaks the grip of materialism. That's kind of what we were just talking about. We, we have this thing in our culture where we try to keep up with the Joneses. We, we want to, if, if I just got a new iPhone, 
They came out with one now. It's got three cameras on it. Thing looks like a, I don't even know, Cyclops. I don't even know. I want one of those. I want a bigger house, a newer car. I want something nicer. We spend so much time trying to keep up with the Joneses. But Paul tells Timothy this in 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Isn't that true? People you know of who thought, man, you thought, man, they are good. If anybody's good financially, it's them. And then one day the stock market crashes or one day there's a health diagnosis that, that zaps all the money or one day somebody's got to go to the nursing home or, or something. Listen, wealth is great, but it is no play. It makes a poor substitute for God. So Paul tells Timothy, hey, I want you to tell that church there, tell those believers there not to put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to command them to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will take hold of the life that is truly life. I love that last phrase. If they will learn not to put their hope in money, which will perish, but to put their hope in God, they will be able to take hold of life that's truly life. Their hope will be in Christ, which is eternal. That Paul, Paul here gives us this idea, life that's truly life. That there are some people who are breathing, but they're not really living. They are not experiencing real life. The life that's available to us in Christ. Abundant life. God honoring life. They're not experiencing all there is because they're being tight-fisted. They're not being givers. And so... We said in not this past sermon series, but the one before that, where we transformed that when I put my hope in Christ, He'll change my heart. We'll begin to go away from materialism and we'll begin to be radically changed. And, and so the things that once held us, the things that now all of a sudden our goal and our ambition will be on Christ. God tells us in his word, don't store up for yourselves treasures on this earth. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust uh, won't destroy them. The fact is, ladies and gentlemen, that you and I, at some point, we will leave this earth behind and we will go into eternity. And when we do, the only thing that will remain for all of eternity, the only thing of earth that will remain is what we did for Christ. And so being intentional about making investments there. All right, giving breaks the grip of materialism. It draws me closer to God. It makes me more like Christ. Last one, number four, giving blesses me. It, when you become generous, when you become a giver, it blesses you. I have the opportunity to counsel people, marriage counseling, all sorts of counseling. And, and one of the things that comes up in almost every counseling session is, Pastor Andrew, I, 
I want to be happy. Like, I, I just want to be happy in my marriage. I want to be happy in my life. I want to be happy in what God's called me. Pastor Andrew, I want to be happy. But so often we don't want to do the things that God commands us will bring us joy and peace and happiness. Look at what Jesus says in Acts 20, 35. He says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than receive. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus, the source of all wisdom. Jesus, God in the flesh. He says, hey, hey, listen, you want to be blessed? Come here. Come here, I want to tell you something. The thing you need to know is if you want to be blessed, learn to be generous. The happiest people on the earth are givers. The most miserable people on earth are the misers. That's why the root word of miserable is miser. Those people who hold on to it, they put their hope in money, which Paul said already is so uncertain. If we want true hope, learn to be generous and put our trust in God. And so I'm finishing up. I want to invite the band to come back up. They're going to come play for us. And... Uh, the worship team is going to lead us. Let me give you a few instructions on what's, what's about to happen. <clears throat> For some of you, it's your first year with us, and, and you've never seen this before, and so I want to let you know what's about to happen. The worship team is getting ready to go into worship, and uh, I just thought, what an appropriate, what an appropriate tie-in. Giving is an act of worship, and so how cool is that to be able to sing worship songs while we give? And so uh, we're going we're gonna to all stand up here in just a moment. We're going to make our way to the center aisle. No rush. We're just going to make our way to the center aisle. We'll all come give. And then we'll go on the outside and, uh, on the outside aisles and we'll go back to our seats. So you can go ahead and, and find your way back to your seats there. Last year, I forgot to tell people that. And so people came and gave and made their way out to their car in the parking lot. So I want to make sure I'm clear on that. Come back to your seat, and then we're going we're gonna to finish up by worshiping. The, the worship team is going to lead us in a couple songs. Pastor Ivan will come and close the service out. Now, I realize that for some of you, uh, you've come prepared with your gift today. Awesome. For some of you, you've already given online. So that everybody comes today and doesn't come empty-handed we're also going to put our connect cards in, in the offering fit for a king plate right here, okay? So if you have those connect cards, go ahead, get those out. I'll give you a few seconds. So if you haven't finished filling it out, you can do that this morning. Remember, if you accepted Christ last week, love for you to mark that on your card. If you'd be willing to take a test drive and consider getting involved, love for you to mark that on your card as well. And then we're going to worship. And can I say something? I don't, the worship team doesn't let me up here a lot when they're doing worship. Don't worry about who's beside you. Don't worry about what people might think if you raise your hands or if you clapped. I want to encourage you. We're going to dim these lights. We're going to set that worshipful atmosphere and just have a moment with you and God. You know, I think everybody in here, I talked about it in that prayer this morning.
you may have come in here and this may have been the best week of your life. You may be here this morning and, and you might be going through the ringer. No matter what, God's word says that he inhabits the praises of his people. And so we're going to worship him with our giving. We're going to worship him with our voices and our song. If you've never raised your hands before, try it. Raise your hands. Let's worship. If you, after everybody leaves this altar, if you want to come back down and stand up front, do it. If you want to come down for prayer, Lynn, some of the prayer team, myself, we'll, we'll come back. We'll pray with you. I just want to encourage you. Don't let this moment go by. God's presence is in this place. He's not the God of everybody else. He's the God for you too. He loves you. He cares for you. I don't know why I'm saying all that. That doesn't have anything to do with giving. I just feel like there's somebody in here who feels a weight. You feel like you can't worship. And you feel like there's a separation between you and God. I want to remind you this morning that when Jesus Christ died on that cross, that veil ripped into, and it ripped from top to bottom. God tore that separation away. And so you don't have to feel like God's at arm's length all the time. You can know the love of a father that will draw you close. So we're getting ready to worship. I'm going to go get my gift. They've already... NASCAR pit stopped me here and moved my gift over there. I'm going to get my gift. I'm going to give. After I give, if you would, just all stand up, and then we'll begin to make our way to the center aisle.